and welcome to Christ for Us. I am Pastor James Preuss of Trinity Lutheran Church in Ottumwa, Iowa. That portion of God's Word, which we consider today the Holy Spirit caused, be recorded in Mark chapter 8. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full, and there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. Seven loaves of bread are not enough to feed 4,000 men. These seven loaves of bread were probably intended to feed Jesus and his twelve disciples. They wouldn't be able to feed many more. They were small loaves. There's only a finite amount of bread. Once it is eaten, it's gone. Yet, with just seven loaves of bread, not only does Jesus feed 4,000 men, plus their wives and children, St. Matthew tells us, but they ate until they were satisfied. What's more, they filled seven baskets full of leftover bread. And these weren't small baskets. Each could hold 50 loaves. The word used here for basket is used again in Acts chapter 9, where it says that St. Paul was let down from the city wall in a basket. So a grown man could fit in each of these seven baskets. So with seven hampers full of bread left over, they had way more food than they started with and could have fed many more people. Well, how is this possible? Seven is a finite number. The more bread that is eaten, the less there is until it's gone. Seven loaves cannot become seven hampers full of bread. Yet with Jesus, that is exactly what is done. Jesus is God. He can satisfy the needs of every living thing. And what is more, it is Jesus' fervent desire to satisfy our needs. Jesus said to his disciples, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. The word Jesus uses here for compassion comes from the Greek word for inward parts. It means to have deep sympathy. We get the sense that Jesus feels the hunger in their stomachs, and he's not satisfied until they are satisfied. So much does he care for his creation. And we could end the sermon there. God cares for you. Don't worry. He is both able and willing to provide for you as he does for every living creature on earth. So give thanks to him, be generous, and seek first the kingdom of God. Yet it is the kingdom of God which this lesson teaches us so much about. The Holy Spirit didn't cause this story to be written simply to teach us that God cares for our bodily needs. He caused this to be written so that we would know that Christ provides for the kingdom of God and for you as a citizen of it. St. Paul tells us that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. By death, he means eternal hell, as Jesus teaches us. And so we know that God sent his son to take on our human flesh and suffer and die for our, in our place on the cross to make satisfaction for our sins. But 
wait a minute. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All deserve the eternal fiery death of hell. Yet God sent one man, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die for the sins of all. Well, if billions upon billions of people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, yet God sent one man to suffer and die, how is that the sin, how is it that the sins of all are paid for? Wouldn't he just make satisfaction for one of those sinners? It's like the seven loaves and the 4,000 all over again. Seven loaves cannot feed 4,000 men and their families. And one man cannot make atonement for the sins of countless people. Yet he does. St. John writes in the second chapter of his first epistle, he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Propitiation means that he has made satisfaction for our sins. Christ Jesus, by his death, has made satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. Our debt has been paid. That is why he can give us eternal life as a free gift from God. And this is exactly what this story teaches us. Numbers in scripture often have a special meaning. Why did Mark write 4,000? When we're told that there were also women and children making the number much higher. There is significance in the number 4,000. Four is the number of the earth with its four winds, north, south, east, and west. 1,000 is a number of completeness, totality. By feeding bread to the 4,000, Jesus foreshadows that he will provide the bread of life for all people. Christ Jesus is the bread of life come down from heaven, who gives himself to be feasted on through faith. We feast on this bread of life when we believe that God is reconciled to us for the sake of Christ's suffering and death. Seven also is a holy number. Three is the number of the Holy Trinity. Four is the number of the earth. So seven is God plus the earth, the number of the church. Seven also symbolizes completeness. God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. By using seven loaves of bread, Christ shows that he will completely satisfy his church with every spiritual need. And by the fact that seven large baskets of bread were left over, he shows that his church will never run out of his grace to forgive, strengthen, and save. Although Christ is just one man, his blood provides an endless flow of forgiveness. Although Christ is just one man, his body opens the graves of all bodies. How? Because he is God. His human nature does not limit his divine nature. Rather, his divinity empowers his humanity. The finite is not capable of the infinite, said a smart man named John Calvin. Finite means to have bounds and limits. Finite can be measured. A 20-ounce bottle can fit 20 ounces of water in it. It can't fit a 1,000 gallons. Once it surpasses 20 ounces of liquid, it begins to overflow. Infinite means to have no bounds or limits. Infinite cannot be measured. The finite is not capable of the infinite is a logical statement because an immeasurable amount of liquid cannot fit in a measurable container. So, 
Calvin reasoned that Christ's body and blood could not be present in the Lord's Supper because Jesus' body, his human body, is finite, as all human bodies are. Jesus' body can be measured and it is bound by limits, just as all human bodies are. And so, with all, as with all human bodies, Jesus' body can only be in one place at one time. So he couldn't possibly be on countless altars and in countless mouths while he is up in heaven. Nor could his blood be separated from his body and in the chalice while, his, while it still flows in his veins. So Calvin thought. And perhaps Calvin is right that the finite cannot, is not capable of the infinite. However, the infinite is certainly capable of the finite. You see... When we speak of Christ, who is true God and true man, we do not speak of his limits according to his human nature. Rather, we speak of his limitless power according to his divine nature. St. Paul writes in Ephesians 3 that he is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. So Christ, who is true man and true God in one person, can in human flesh do everything God can do. So if he wants his body to be present at many altars at one time, and it to be able to be consumed by the faithful without tearing his body apart, he can do it. And we know that he wants to do this impossible thing because he stated in no uncertain terms, this is my body, this is my blood. So just as Jesus was able to satisfy the hunger of 4,000 men plus women and children with just seven small loaves of bread and have even more bread left over, and just as he was able to make satisfaction for the sins of billions and billions of people with his one body on the cross, so is Christ able to feed his entire church on earth, his true body and blood in the sacrament. The bread and wine used over the past near 2,000 years and countless observances of the Lord's Supper would measure in millions of pounds and gallons of bread and wine. Yet as the seven baskets were filled with, uh, were the, as the seven baskets were filled after everyone was satisfied, so Christ still has more to offer us, to sustain us on our journey here on earth. When Christ gave thanks and broke bread in the wilderness, providing an abundant meal with much left over, he foreshadowed that he would provide an abundant meal for his church. When he gave thanks and broke bread on the night in which he was betrayed. This past Sunday, we had a baptism of three small children. They were baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It was only a little bit of water used, not even enough for a bath. It couldn't have even cleansed much dirt off their bodies, and it dried off quickly after. Yet, here again, we must remember that the infinite is capable of the finite. That water poured on those three children was not just plain water, but it was the water included in God's command and combined with God's word. God works through his word. So as God is infinitely powerful, his word is infinitely powerful. St. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3, Baptism now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God as a good, for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the appeal to God for a good conscience does not dry off as the water does. The infinite has been joined to the finite. We don't consider the weakness of the water, but the boundless power of God's word. 
through baptism, God washed those little children clean in the blood of Christ and filled them with his Holy Spirit. He granted them a new birth and clothed them in Christ's righteousness. As long as they believe this promise from Holy Scripture, they possess it. The crowd stayed with Jesus three days so that they had no food even for their long journeys home. Jesus wasn't the only one to notice this lack of food. Surely each of those 4,000 men was aware that his bag was empty and he had nothing left to feed his kids. Surely wives were nudging their husbands, saying, Benjamin, we're out of bread. And apparently his reply was, Where else are we to go? This man has the words of eternal life. And so from this crowd we learned what our greatest need is. We are finite creatures. And we are obsessed with finite things, especially when they're running out. We're concerned about paying for food and clothing, our homes and health care and other needs of the body, which will all fade away. But we neglect our need for Christ's word, which will never pass away, even if the heavens and earth pass away. We must remember that we worship the infinite God. He can provide for your bodily needs, and he always does. He feels your hunger. He is compassionate. Yet he desires to satisfy a much greater need. He desires to grant you food for your soul so that you may live eternally. Your sins are your greatest problem. They are rooted deep in your flesh so that your old self continues to strive toward wickedness as long as you live. And your sins merit you eternal damnation in hell. And your sins combat your faith, striving to pull you away from Christ. Your bodily hunger is of zero importance next to your need for the bread of life from heaven. If you do not feast on Christ in faith, then you will perish eternally in hell. The crowd spent three days with Jesus, neglecting their need for food for their bodies, yet most can't get through a 15-minute sermon without thinking about what they are going to have for lunch. You have a tremendous spiritual need, yet not an infinite one. The infinite is capable of the finite. Christ can and does satisfy your spiritual need so that you may have certainty of eternal life. So let us not neglect this need, but come to him who satisfies for eternity. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. Trinity Lutheran Church invites you to join us to worship on Saturday at 6 o'clock and Sunday morning at 9. Please visit trinitylutheranatumbo.com or christforus.org and tune in again next week. Mm-hmm.